Just in time for Christmas, it's our Lindsay Lohan is an amputee stripper episode. We discuss I Know Who Killed Me. Stuart Wellington. And I'm Phil in Elliot Kalen. Yes, uh, Elliot Kalen by day, a segment producer for The Daily Show and a popular Metro columnist. Although, uh, <laughs> I guess by day right now, uh, it's the writer's strike, so... By day, I am a Guitar Hero guitarist <laughs> and Wii Tennis Pro. Yeah. And popular if you ever columnist wanted to know for Metro. What happens uh, at the Daily Show offices during the strike? Apparently, it's a lot of video games. A lot of video games, and we watched Robocop and 310 to Yuma. A couple days ago. That's a sweet job. It sounds <laughs> rough, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we didn't watch Robocop or Yuma. <laughs> we watched I Know Who Killed Me, starring Lindsay Lohan. And uh, what are you guys' feelings about Lindsay Lohan? Former America's sweetheart, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, she's uh, she's in this movie. Um, <laughs> that's your first thought about her. I think she plays two characters, or is that spoiling too much of the movie? Well, does she play two, two characters? Two characters, like in the, in the true sense of a character. <laughs> two, two very different personalities. For instance, one kisses her boyfriend without biting his lip, and one kisses her boyfriend and bites his lip. The first so, being Aubrey? Aubrey, Aubrey being Fleming? Aubrey, her, the, the nice character is named Aubrey Fleming, and the bad girl is named Dakota Moss. I know. Yeah. Now that's good screenwriting. Yeah. Those names right there. <laughs> Both names that are naturally incurring. Well, Aubrey Fleming, I think we were saying, you know, it's... Apparently, Lindsay Lohan's playing sort of an an 18th century gadabout, <laughs> some sort of a wit, or 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 a you know like a 19th century scientist, or you know, right? D- Discover Fleming. the cure for for uh, cholera, you know, or something like that. Yeah. So, but one of them is a a local uh, school child, very talented. A yeah, p- a pianist. A pianist, and, and a... that shit comes to bite her in the ass, if I recall. <laughs> The actual movie, if I remember what happens in the movie, the fact that she's a good-ass pianist and doesn't actually respect her skills and doesn't want to do it anymore, I think ends up getting her shit fucked up and all melted off, right? Or chopped off? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The lesson of the movie seems to be if you have a gift in in music, you should go for it. Or else you might lose a hand and leg and be prematurely So that's buried. what you took away from this <laughs> well, It's kind of what you have to take away from Don't it. hide your light under a bushel. <laughs> it's the moral. It's an inspiring tale for talented youngsters everywhere. Right. There's a place for you even if it's buried in a glass coffin. But, well, that's the thing. Aubrey Fleming spends most of the movie buried in, a, in said glass coffin. But you don't know that until right. the end. We are, we, are, we are to puzzle out this uh, web... And decide whether... <laughs> Chinese puzzle box of a film. Yeah. With more questions than answers. Is Lindsay Lohan actually two characters? Or does Dakota Moss, the stripper, or is she actually Aubrey Fleming? What's weird is I think at one point they actually clarify, like the FBI agents actually find a story that uh, Aubrey... I keep wanting to say Audrey because that's an actual name. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey wrote... Uh, before she was kidnapped about a person named Dakota who's a stripper. But... But there's an actual person named Dakota. But it's established that being twins, as it turns out, I don't want to give too much away also, 
they of course have a telepathic connection to each other. Yeah. Now, and, my, like my experience with twins is exclusively through like GI Joe with Tomax and Zamar, <laughs> where if you punch one, the other one feels it, and they finish each other's sentences. Elliot, you were saying you actually have a twin sister. I have a twin sister myself. My and that sister happen, Stephanie. Right? No, it's so not. You, she and I. Have, have you tried punching her and seeing whether you get? I've hurt? not tried punching her because, but I am basically a teetotaler. I don't drink, mm -hmm. and she is a heavy drinker. And uh, and at one time, in I'm sure she would appreciate. <laughs> I'm that sure she would love hearing this, this in her in her college days. She would often get you know she would you know that she'd have to get her stomach pumped or something. She would be mm. sick with drink, as they might say in like a Jack London novel. And I never <laughs> felt any ill effects whatsoever. We have no link like that. Huh. So maybe you're just immune to the effects of alcohol. That could be it sure. too. We should test that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be after the that'll podcast. Be next week. We will we will feed you shot after shot. And see what happens. It's a great idea. But so they have they have a telepathic connection, but that's only kind of hinted at uh, right. through a very bizarre insert of a an educational film starring Radio's Art Bell, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Arizona Paranormal Radio host. Yeah, I'm not actually as familiar with Art Bell, so can you uh, expound? Art a Bell bit? has been hosting a radio show for decades now. Uh, he's either in Arizona or New Mexico, and on the show they talk about. The paranormal, government conspiracies, Area 51. I actually think he does it from Hawaii now. He got remarried at one point after his family was either kidnapped or murdered, I believe. And Whoa! They should make that movie. <laughs> he's a much more interesting character. But he's, he's, so he's a real-life person. He's a radio show host who does this after-hours radio show where people call in and talk about seeing Sasquatch or being kidnapped by the government. And he shows up in this movie, not referred to by name, and talks about stigmata. And the well, film's impr uh, understanding not... of stigmata is uh, faulty. Yeah, it's faulty. But, but first, let's point out <laughs> that this movie is in the grand tradition of movies where computers are used, in that it has no understanding of the way computers are used. Lindsay Lohan... I mean, it has a little bit better understanding. Lindsay Lohan has had this unexplained bleeding. It has bleeding, a better understanding. So she types in unexplained bleeding... And she gets articles on stigmata, and then she clicks on like a picture of a stigmatic, and this video of Art Bell pops explaining up. <laughs> explaining the movie's pop idea of stigmata <laughs> pops up, and like in in a real internet pop up would be, I guess, a porn ad or. It has a better understanding of the internet than, say, the cartoon Freakazoid, in which you could be sucked <laughs> into the internet and become a superhero. Right. Just a slightly better understanding. Right. But but stigmata. Oh, in she this also movie, has a robot hand. We forgot to right. mention that. But well, we'll no, we'll, we'll circle yeah. back. <laughs> Believe me, the, <laughs> the robot hand. Wait, she had a robot hand. <laughs> what movie was I watching? <laughs> this is an a-religious sort of version of stigmata because yes. uh, she has unexplained bleeding from her hand, but it's not it's not sort of you know it's it's not the wounds of Christ. It's the fact that her twin sister has had her hand chopped off. Their theory of stigmata seems to be that, say, the holy monks who had stigmata must have had identical twins they didn't know about somewhere on <laughs> Earth being poked in the palm at that moment. So what they're saying is... Possibly by a member of G.I.G.O. That Jesus <laughs> had a twin. Yes. And uh, well, that no, twin G Jesus is everyone who's had stigmata through the ages. Let me, let me correct you right there, Dan. I'm not actually <laughs> Christian. But Jesus, his stigmata was caused by a nail through the palm. <laughs> oh, oh, right. It's, it's the wounds of Christ who got them in a very logical way. <laughs> Uh, he was somehow crucified. I forgot the entire Easter story. I don't know. <laughs> how that's you possible. forgot the point of Jesus' life. <laughs> oh, Lindsay Lohan. Son of a I, I'm kind of interested that you pronounce it Lindsay Lohan and not Lindsay Lohan, as I am. Used I to say Lohan, yeah. Yeah, um, that's weird, man. I'm uh, I'm more stylish 
Then you guys. No, okay. yeah, yeah, well, did, you are the only one wearing a button-down well, shirt in the yeah, room. So. Well, that was for work. But <laughs> Lindsay, now Lindsay Lohan, I thought, you know, I was a big fan. Circa Mean Girls, you know, I mm. thought, oh, this is a, this is this, she's a, she's a talented young. She looked actress, pretty good, in that, yeah. And she was cute. Mm-hmm. She yeah, was sure. cute back then, and now she's become all sort of orange. She's gotten very oily and greasy. She's gotten yeah, oily well, and orange. Some of that I think rubbed off from making out with Bruce Willis, but <laughs> otherwise. Who knows? Drinking in general. Whoa, whoa! In what kind? Con- you think she she was seen with Bruce Willis in a number of nightclubs for a time? Really? Making out? Yeah. The same way, like they had a they had a kind of a Lance Armstrong Ashley Olsen relationship. Why do I find that much more alarming than Demi Moore <laughs> and Ashton Kutcher? Because I think it's a double. Because Bruce Willis, I think, is no Demi Moore. Let's let's start with that. Okay. Do you think he took her home and played a lot of harmonica to her? <laughs> Probably. I have to assume that his Bruno personality uh, made an appearance. <laughs> and in his own way, Bruce Willis and Bruno are not too different from the Aubrey-Dakota split that we see here. The right. good and the bad, if right. you will. Bruce Do you Willis... think her attraction was based on, I don't know, a number of viewings of Color of Night? Or, <laughs> or Hudson Hawk, perhaps. Yeah, she's like, I want to get a piece of that. <laughs> yes. When she was growing up as a child actress, um, her family had HBO, (laughs) she was uh, nine years old, and she stumbled upon Color of Night. The minute she saw Bruce Willis' penis in that swimming pool. I want a bite. I want a piece. That was the awakening. (laughs) The awakening of Lindsay. Yep. It's like like that scene in Labyrinth. (laughs) You mean the whole movie Labyrinth? No, that scene in Labyrinth where she goes to the masquerade ball and... Oh, I thought, I thought you meant the scene, every scene when David Bowie's crotch is so prominently. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool, too. That's kind of the Princess Leia bikini uh, for girls. Yeah, oh, that's the best, I never thought that's of that. That's the best analogy I've heard. That's pretty good. Oh. Just this moment when suddenly, as a young child, you're like, oh, it's sex! Uh, uh, genitals! You know, I don't know. For me, it was uh, for me it was uh, Chitara from Thundercats. That's a good, that's a <laughs> there good was point. an episode where she's naked the whole yeah, time. Yeah, they just didn't paint her right. Oh my god! Yeah, and also, and I can't, and also the end of just one of the guys was very big. Yeah, oh was, fuck yes! Yeah. Uh, I want to watch that. Can we watch that after this? <laughs> I would go with Sheena. I own it. Sheena had a long, a long Please? nude scene, and that was always being played. Uh, on, a- on HBO during the day because it was inexplicably ra- rated PG despite being filled with nudity and uh, and uh, my cartoon version as yours would be um, Scarlet from uh, G.I. Joe it's not, for me it's not Scarlet dude it's fucking Baroness Baroness <laughs> is the hottest Russian chick in the world wait she was Russian I can't remember I mean we've gotten we've gotten far afield other than the fact that there's not a large amount of sex in this movie, but like I, I, I was puzzling over whether you would count this as an erotic thriller. Well, or there's a, a there are many movie. stripping scenes. Yeah. With no stripping yeah, actually being I, done. I like as I was saying when we were watching the movie. I get, I don't mean to be a douchebag or anything, but I get really upset when I see movies with strip club scenes that are like filmed by people who have never clearly been in a strip club because obviously, yeah, they're not sexy or anything, but for one. The stripper should be getting naked, yeah. And the waitresses should not be naked because what the stripper wouldn't be getting any money then. Well, All that, the guys would be like, "Hey, there's a naked person. Let's <laughs> get her money instead." That's the thing that irritates me, and I hope not from like just like uh, a jerk guy sort of perspective. But I find it very strange when a big actress signs onto a role where like the role is clearly defined as like, "All right, you're a stripper," and then like, "All right, okay, I'll be a stripper." But I'll be a stripper who constantly wears a bra and panties. Well, that was one of my problems with Sin City, with Jessica Alba's character, was that there's ton- there's plenty of nudity in that film, and her character of Nancy in the Sin City comics is completely topless almost all the time. 
and is a stripper. Exactly, and she's the stripper that everyone in Sin in Basin City is so hot for. And then she strips at, and she dances, but she's never never takes her clothes off and does it isn't particularly provocative in her dancing. Right, and this isn't this. I mean, this isn't necessarily like a plea for more nudity, although like it, it is. is yes, it is. Well, all right. Yeah. I it, mean, I'm not I, asking Lindsay Lohan. I'm not like expecting her to be like flashing me your butthole but also, or something. The <laughs> fact that the fact Yikes. that there is a sex scene where she keeps her bra on in the film and she's for half to, of it. For half of it. That's true. But she's, then we got side boob after. But that. she's supposed to be a bad girl, and she doesn't. You know, and this seems right. Well, my thing is like. Of course, you know, it would be nice to see more naked, attractive people in movies. Like, that's part of the reason why you watch movies. As opposed to like... all these Walter Matthau movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, the Walter Matthau softcore porn. <laughs> it's terrible. But no, but if you're going to make this, a movie... Zolan these... King directed that one. <laughs> all this, uh, you know, James Earl Jones film. The name of the movie that I've been seeing. That was the, the erotic couple. Who's one of the... <laughs> the erotic couple. <laughs> this is a terrible, terrible <laughs> film. Uh. <laughs> cemented my heterosexuality but no but it's just like if you're gonna make a movie where that's like a major component of it it just seems very strange Clear, yes you know you you can tell okay there's a no nudity clause in my contract like that's what you think when you watch the film well, you, they want to create this aura of sexual perversity but they're afraid they won't they can't go that distance. right and all i'm thinking of is like why aren't these patrons demanding their money back? <laughs> they, and the yeah, patrons exactly. seem to be loving the show. That's the thing. Is they it's seem like a to, flash dance They thing. can't get enough of this show. And they and they all seem to be like kind of old guys that are all like licking their lips creepily. Yeah. Like the mental apparition and high attention. Like really weirdos. <laughs> or like Udo Kier in any movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Well, it's not... So they look weirdly European, <laughs> yeah, too? Yeah, in some way... <laughs> They had kind of a seedy or bulgy eyes. Sure, yeah. okay. Well, let's not let's not dwell on this too much because I believe that we teased a robot hand earlier. Yes, in the and we show. didn't even get to the blue. And the, the audience, blue, yeah, there's two things. I imagine <laughs> that the audience heard robot hand. <laughs> just skipping a, minutes, ago. skipping ahead every minute to see if we're talking about a robot hand, and then <laughs> skipping ahead again. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even really addressed that much in the movie after it happens, but the moment I realized that I really was enjoying the craziness <laughs> of the movie is when Crab Man, the guy who plays Crab Man on My Name is Earl, shows up as Lindsay Lohan's doctor. Very briefly. And installs a robot hand. Because she's, again, missing a, missing a hand. He gives her a robot hand that attaches to her stump with a magnet. <laughs> That's the thing. There's no visible support mechanism holding it to her arm there's no power source right. it's like tesla invented this hand for her and it's been kept around and they give her a lifelike skin to it over it and it's basically just an elbow length rubber latex glove <laughs> it's the worst looking prosthetic hand in the world but it's a robot hand that she later uses to fight you know the the killer in the movie yeah i guess they figured they're like all right the screenwriter's like okay there's this ending of this movie where Lindsay Lohan takes on uh, the bad guy, and it's just not going to be plausible that this young woman is taking on this killer unless I give her some sort of uh, weapon, like oh, a I, robot hand. I saw, I saw <laughs> yep, the, that's what I usually go to. I saw it the other way. It was the one instance in the thing where he goes, what would Chekhov do? <laughs> you know, Chekhov wouldn't give a... You know, if you have a robot hand in the first act, it better crush somebody's arm in the third act. <laughs> That's what che well, that's what Anton Chekhov would think about this. Yeah, Anton Chekhov's "I Know Who Killed Me." Well, the thing is that like be so more. I, 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 although Anton Chekhov's "I Know Who Killed Me" would be so much better than this because there's almost no exposition in this film at times. You're yeah. really puzzling your way through it, whereas Chekhov's plays are nothing but exposition. 
So he, I wish he had been brought in to maybe doctor up the script a little bit. <laughs> what, I, what I really liked about the robot hand is that so often in movies, spe- specifically like thrillers and stuff, you're confronted with a moment where you're like, where you as a viewer are kind of pulled out of the movie <laughs> because you're like, wait, this is a, this is like the modern day. Like people should be able to look shit up on the internet or use a cell phone. Why aren't they doing that? Well, like if the, if she just ran around without a hand the whole time, be like, where's the robot hand? <laughs> I saw three people with robot hands on the subway today. Where the fuck's the robot hand? I don't believe this for an instance. Yeah. She's going to have to fight Darth Vader later yeah, without exactly. a robot hand. I don't believe this. Uh, and I, you mentioned the color scheme, and I think that you should uh, say a little bit about that. Uh, wait, color scheme? I, I think Elliot, Elliot mentioned it. Well, there's, there's, there's a heavy use of the color blue in every single frame of the film, uh, including the dissolves between scenes, and it's almost as if the movie is trying to tell us that blue is a scary color, or what were you right. guys' takes on on that? I think somebody, everywhere. I think somebody watched the uh, the commentary track on uh, the Sixth Sense, and they're like, "Yeah, the color, whatever the fuck, indicates he's a ghost." <laughs> yeah. So they're like, "Oh my god, if we make everything blue, it'll people make people realize that our movie's a good movie." But there, there are blue roses. There's blue roses, blue glass. The killer dresses in blue. There's just blue light everywhere. Every our once, bedroom is every blue. Every once in a while, the whole screen will just fade to blue. Yeah, we'll just fade to blue and then back again. All it's... the all the all the serial killers weaponry is bl- made out of blue glass. Yeah, apparently he has a glaziery or a glass blowing kit, you know, in his Yeah, it's basement. it's that it's not actually I thought it was a brick oven pizza <laughs> making thing, but it's actually a glass blowing. But also, where how does it's one of those things you have to wonder like who built this house that it has this huge glass blowing operation in the basement and how come nobody knows this? Well, again, we come back to the evidence dungeon. I mean, this And is everyone a- knows how much I love an evidence dungeon. <laughs> and you know, I don't really think this is a true evidence dungeon because there's no, no like information no as to why he does things other However, than this weird collection of amp like fake of, limbs of and mannequin shit. limbs. Which I think, was never explained. I think it qualifies in that it's another example of a killer in a movie having this very equipped basement like this basically like <laughs> sure this this um you know the basement may have like dirt floors but it also has as you say a big fire for making glass weaponry and it has a bunch of prosthetic limbs hanging from the ceiling which by the way i don't really get i guess he's been doing this a while you know cutting women's limbs off but then but why does he have prosthetic limbs but they also himself? only mention one other victim right so maybe he's just started out I mean, my theory is that he, they, it's a, they stole it from the movie Killer's Kiss. But there's the climax takes place in a mannequin warehouse. Yeah, I've never seen this movie. Right. It's not very good, except the ending. The killer, by the way, not giving away anything, <laughs> makes two appearances in the film. One early on, and then at the end, when it's revealed, he's the killer. Right. And he is, even though he only appears twice, if I remember it correctly, he, he was instantly recognizable as the killer. Well, by you, at In least. his first appearance. Well, he's a creepy guy. He called it. He's really creepy, and he has a huge blue ring. And it's like, <laughs> all right, he looks like, he looks like, you know, a loan shark, or somebody who owes money to a loan shark. Right. He's yeah, wearing he's... sunglasses indoors. So Always a fucking <laughs> negative sign. Well, if you were going to pause the movie 20 minutes in, and you're playing, like, so parlor game, where you are just... You know, you were watching it with your friends. You'd all gotten together to watch I Know Who Killed Me. (laughs) Say there's ten people in the room, you know, just really enjoying the latest Lindsay Lohan joint. And you pause it it 20 minutes in and you you, you say to yourself, Okay, everyone, who's the most alarming character we've encountered thus far? You would probably guess who the killer is. I'd say you'd guess either him or 
crazy gardener who disappears from the film. Entirely. Entirely. There's a gardener who makes a very blatant sexual come on to Lindsay Lohan that involves taking his shirt off and then fondling a branch, I guess. Yeah, with a fondling... scorpion tattoo on his nipple. <laughs> scorpion tattoo. Yeah, that was a strange choice also on the part of either the art director or the actor in real life who got a scorpion tattooed on his nipple. But he was also fondling the we branch. We find out in the commentary track. As if he was giving the branch a hand job. Yeah. Which I don't know, it doesn't seem like the way to come on to a woman. Frankly, if I'm ever in a situation where I am in like the same area as Lindsay Lohan, I will probably do the same thing with the branch. I'm not gonna lie. You know? But oh, you were gonna say something earlier that I interrupted you about. I was gonna say something about the thing about the evidence dungeon, specifically this one, is that it makes me think like every time I go into my apartment now, I look about and I'm like, okay, if some like victim was in here. Would they immediately think that I'm a murderer? Like, as all like, does it seem like a murderer's lair? Is right. there? Should that mannequin be up with her <laughs> face? Like, you created a collage of like shots taken from across the street of one woman doing on the wall, various yeah. things. Yeah, a lot of pictures of, like still like ripped out of porno magazines right. of there, uh, chicks spreading their vaginas with their eyeballs chopped out. Is like, there is there release papers from an asylum with your name on it? That's that's Just a perfect on one, table. like in memory. Yeah, that, they totally had that in memory. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like a signed confession note by me. <laughs> a murder uh, checklist. Yeah, Liz, a picture a of me like to kill with the, with your name unchecked. Uh, Wait, you put your own name <laughs> on the people who killed it? But you just, I meant, you're like, oh, I better. Uh, like, I just have to remember never to check that because oh, I'm I, bound by this oh, list. Oh, I got list my, of potential I, weaknesses. I got my pronouns mixed up. I meant the the name of the victim. Okay. List of potential weaknesses. <laughs> Note like, to self: Don't let victims see my back. It's bad. I might get uh, hit in it. Don't don't le- don't leave glass axes <laughs> lying around where they can ch- chop my arm off speaking easily. Of, speaking of glass axes, chopping arms. Off. Here was a problem I had was that Lindsay Lohan. Wait, what, what problem is this? Lindsay Lohan, okay, she's in the dungeon. The killer <laughs> sticks his arm around the door and she sure. has found one of his glass axes. He's carelessly left it on the floor, not put it away in his axe holder. It seems like he would step on a glass axe and it would shatter yes, if he did that. It's made of glass. And even if it's maybe, let's say, the web, web metal enforced glass that you see in schools in their doors sure. because otherwise you might break them as I did once uh, <laughs> by throwing a lock through it. But uh, even if it was that kind of glass, it would be hard, I would think, to cut straight through a person's wrist, which Lindsay Lohan manages to do when the hand goes around the door. Keep in mind, I assume this is a human with a skeleton made of bone, <laughs> and I've never heard of glass cutting through bone. But apparently, we well, have no reason hands. not to assume that he is bone. <laughs> That's true. Like that. I, I have no reason to assume that Maybe. he's not a magic, you know, demon or something, or <laughs> made of clay bone. or a golem, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's probably Golem. <laughs> His bone may have been weakened from all the um, the uh, dry ice he's been applying to various uh, women. To that's okay, that's dog. that's what uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, because I actually thought that was kind of cool. That weird like torture method of him like like vice clamping dry ice to somebody's hand to like and freeze the shit out of it, peeling it off. Yeah, that's pretty gross. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I guess it's a little it's a little saw. I don't, you know, I don't. Well, really I didn't go see, into like, the scene weird. like, what cool way is he going to use to torture this <laughs> so, bitch? Just the fact that he didn't like stab her right there, for instance. That was yeah. Just that they put any thought in the way she torches, he torches or or kills her. Uh, I see. It's yeah. two against one, dude. All right. <laughs> I guess I'm wrong, man. That's so, okay. You're not wrong. Let's just say that you didn't think through it fully. Now I want to talk about um, the ending to this movie. Now I thought that this movie. Which was, ending? 
Yeah, well, that's a good the, point. The, all right, the real... There's two. The theatrical ending, and then we'll talk about <laughs> the alternate ending. Okay. <laughs> theatrical. Uh, it reminds yeah, this me movie this, was released. It reminds me, this movie was released in theaters. Uh, this is always what I wonder when I watch these, because uh, I watch bad movies at home. The, uh, the movie was released in theaters, and someone, I'm thinking at least a thousand people, paid anywhere from eight fifty to $11 yeah. to see this film. And how did they feel? Did they want to punch somebody? Did they break something on the way out? What's I more, I think that this movie was supposed to be like Lindsay Lohan's... Um, her maturation. Like, yeah, this was going to be her transitional film from uh, your Freaky Fridays and your uh, <laughs> Confessions of a High School Drama Queen yep. to um, you know adult pictures. Uh, not adult pictures. But that fucking that, 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 we'll, that will occur yeah. later down the line in her career. But, but this but, was her. This was her growing up film. That was yeah. going to show that she was a an adult and uh, an adult actress. Uh, <laughs> a grown up actress who could make like a suspense thriller or yeah. an adult thriller. Like, yeah. The it's kind an adult of, thriller, right? An, yeah, erotic, an erotic thriller. thriller. But it was you had the same it felt even though she was playing a high school student, it still felt like a kid playing yeah. an adult. In the same way that say Kate Bosworth in Superman Returns feels like a high school student pretending to be right, who, who like dress it feels like a high school production of Superman the yeah, movie. Well the Superman she feels it feels like it's uh, the character from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, who can walk into a fashion company. And why, by the way, guys. A children's clothing manufacturer. I have a favor to ask you guys. Don't tell Mom the Babysitter's <laughs> Dead. Because she's going to be pissed. She, she already... If she knew who killed me, then <laughs> she would. Uh, uh, oh, no. I will, she, she does say the phrase, I know who killed me at some point in the movie, which is great. Yeah. I think that every movie, by the way, should end with the title. Well, you had so you had an interesting suggestion yeah, for the, the opening. Yeah, suggested of the opening. Film. We didn't watch the alternate opening, by the way, guys. And I'm uh, the way I'm imagining it <laughs> is that it opens. You know, it's a black blue screen. Okay, blue excellent, screen, great. And you hear like you hear a heartbeat uh, on one of those like what the things <laughs> like an EKG. EKG. I thought that was the thing the Ghostbuster use. Ghostbusters use. <laughs> I think they call it that also. <laughs> okay, so the EKG thing, you know, beep 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 beep, and then all of a sudden, like the the blue fades to her face in a hospital bed with like tubes and shit stuck in eyes her eyes closed, eyes closed asleep, like in a coma. Her eyes open all of a sudden. She sits up. <gasps> And she looks right at the camera and goes, I know who killed me. And then the words go across the screen. You got a guitar riff. <laughs> and then, you know, you got like a cool opening montage of her like running around from like killers. It's awesome. Oh, That's I would my say suggestion. just straight titles. Straight just titles. Straight, yeah, okay. just, I know who killed me. Slip like slam cut. Strip <laughs> like MGM's 360 Productions presents. Or TriStar. It was TriStar. TriStar presents. I know who killed me. Dun 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 and then you know the scene starts up again. You get so. like a Bernard Herrmann score. <laughs> well, yeah, I kind of every. I wish Bernard Herrmann could and uh, and Saul Bass could do every title <laughs> sequence for every movie, but uh, that, that would improve this movie greatly. Uh, but, but yeah, the movie didn't open like that. But the alternate ending you were talking about. Well, no, the end, the original ending. I so Lindsay Lohan figures out that she is that her mom's actual child died soon after her mom gave birth. And she was purchased from the crack. She's like a crack baby. Yeah. Purchased uh, from some woman um, who had twins. Who had twins. (laughs) Oh no! She was given. She eleven dollars was mailed to her every month, I guess, by the father. That that was established. (laughs) Why? Apparently, the price for a baby is eleven dollars a month. What the fuck? Like no, she was purchased as a. As, as a, a replacement as baby. As a replacement baby. Oh, and there was a great story from the mother talking to Lindsay Lohan when I guess she always thought it was her biological daughter. Mm-hmm. Talking about how in the womb 
she always kicked, always kicking. And then she says to her, and you're going to kick through this problem, just like you kicked back then. And it's this amazing visual image of Lindsay Lohan literally kicking a wall down or something like sure, that. Sure, with her bionic leg. With her bionic leg. <laughs> she has a robot leg, too, by the way. Yeah. but So anyway, she discovers that she was a twin, and she realizes, okay, what's going on is this my twin sister has been kidnapped, and I'm having this like stigmata because I'm experiencing what she's experiencing. And she goes to the... And I'm a stripper. Right. I'm a stripper, and I, she's a goody two-shoes. Right. So they it's actually like were... Angel, that movie where she's a stripper dot by day, schoolgirl by night. <laughs> wait, no, fuck. Fuck that one up. She's, wait, she's a, she's she's a schoolgirl school by, by day, day and a prostitute by night. Because if she was a prostitute by day and a schoolgirl by night... It's just, I, like night school. Yeah, I assume that's, that's, totally weird. that's just the way strippers are. That's, I mean, they're going to school of, by night to better themselves. In some ways, that's the Maggie Gyllenhaal movie, Cherry Baby, <laughs> about a, an ex-con trying to better herself. <sighs> yeah. But the point is... Oh, which also... There's a movie, by the way... That says why there should be less nudity sometimes in films yeah, because Sherry, not sexy nudity. Sherry Baby is a movie that will make you if you're a, if you're a heterosexual male or a homosexual woman ashamed of ever having been aroused by the sight of a naked woman. Right. The, and the nudity in it is just so depressing and so like. Is it like in a like prison or something? It's just in bad context of like her like as this down on her luck ex-con like having sex with guys for jobs in basements you know and yeah. she's all everyone's all filthy and it's just very very and sad. speaking as a guy who like really likes Maggie Gyllenhaal and like thinks she's a good oh, actress yeah. and is like thinks she's very attractive like it's uh, very unpleasant I'm not sold on this I'm probably gonna have to watch it <laughs> so, um, rent Sherry Baby and then try to masturbate to it and you won't be able to I bet I could <laughs> it's a contest but anyway <laughs> So she rushes, she she kills the guy, she kills the bad guy. Sure. She goes with to a, dig up her sister weapon. with a glass cuts his hand off with a glass knife, yeah. then stabs him in the in the crotch and the neck with which was kind of neat. She but. digs up her sister in a glass coffin. And by the way, I don't think that the movie ever explains the whole glass thing. He just but, likes glass and the color blue. That's guess, all you need to I know. Guess that's it. But um they never even explain why he's a killer. He's just a crazy guy. Well, I like. They don't to... need to, dude. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like in the real world, do you think like I don't know all the crazy killers explain why they're killers before they get killed with a glass knife to the neck? No, but the, in the real world, you don't have say like identical twins who are separated at birth who have telepathic powers and she, one of them dude, is that shit's by... on the internet. <laughs> That's true. Art Bell did do that movie about it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. But the, but the point maybe the reason why everything's blue is because uh, Aubrey is looking through her blue glassed coffin. Mm-hmm. Oh! It still doesn't explain whether her boyfriend gives her blue roses or yeah. there's a it doesn't blue. Doesn't explain it at all. There's an owl. Has blue balls for most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I have hey. to assume. I we got to the end of the movie and I was like, okay, what's going on here? I know what's going on. I know who killed me. What's happening is that none of this is real. This is like Aubrey's fantasy as she lies dying. This is her. It's gonna be one of these twists where like, oh, this is her mind's way of dealing with the pain. And she's going to invent this sister who's going to save her and all this stuff. And part of the reason I thought this is that there were inexplicably a bunch of owls throughout the movie. And I thought, oh, okay, it's an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. This is their, like, the movie's clumsy attempt at a literary reference. (laughs) Uh, But then we find out that, worse than that, the real alternate ending of the movie is... um, Actual ending. Which test audiences did not like, so it was the original ending. Right, the original ending was... We discover at the end that this is all a story that Aubrey has been writing because we see that she's a writer, and at the end she types the end of it. And it ends, it, and it doesn't even have her. It ends. It's a long shot of her typing, and you see the closet door behind her swing open by itself, and you're like, 
Oh, and the killer jumps out and kills her, kills her while she's finishing the story. No, I guess there's just wind in the room. I like to think that's her it. alternate identity, Dakota Moss, leaving. Traveling oh, okay. through the, uh... The I don't know, it's bullshit. But there's just this look on her face like, huh, that was okay. a good story. This is like, according to Wikipedia, Wikipedia <laughs> says, oh, this alternate ending was cut because test audiences found it too predictable. Rather than... This alternate ending was cut because test audiences thought it was a big fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the, okay. Before we go quite into the fuck you of it, I'm going to do something that uh, I did when we were watching Saw 3, and that's I'm, I'm going to play the role of Aubrey Fleming, okay? I'm trapped in this glass Which coffin. Which I think you could do better than Lindsay Lohan. Uh, I appreciate that, Elliot. Now, okay, I imagine, like, okay, I'm getting into character. My hand's been chopped off. My foot's been chopped off. I'm in a weird glass coffin with a weird, like, 19th century milkmaid's dress on with a fucking <laughs> veil over my face. I've been buried alive. Oh, shit, I'm going to die. Weird. Oh, man, I'm running out of air. Oh, wait, is that light I see? Like, moonlight? Oh, somebody's, you know, digging me out of my coffin. Oh, my God, the thing's open. Somebody let me out with their robot hand. Who is it? <laughs> Oh my god, it's my fucking twin? Like, somebody looks exactly like me? That's my twin? How am I going to respond? I'm going to smile quietly and allow her to help me out and then snuggle up to me and that's the end of the fucking movie. I, will, I, would, I would say, it had, she because they're telepathic links, she has been writing the story of Dakota Moss oh. as part of her English thing, so maybe she thought her, like it was a... Uh, like the Twilight Zone episode where the guy can can write something and it comes to life and he creates his own. Turns out his wife was was in mm. in a figment. Like she goes, oh my character came to life and saved me, you know, or something. Or maybe she, maybe you know, she's lost a lot of oxygen. Maybe she thinks she's just dreaming. You're like you're saying that she thinks it's like that um, that edition of Amazing Stories where uh, they, they draw the 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 cartoon wheels wheel on, the plane. on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. I, when, I It was strange that she was saved by someone who looks exactly like her, and her reaction wasn't, huh? <laughs> Instead it was... Like you spit taking yeah. <laughs> <It's, laughs> Excuse me, while well, I drink this, so I can... <laughs> <laughs> drink some of this milk, it looks good on camera. <laughs> Instead her reaction was, ah, yeah, thank you. Like, it's good uh, to see you. I love myself. But myself there, saved me. But there seems to be this understanding that she had a connection and knew Dakota existed. I didn't have that understanding. You know? Well, I mean, I have this understanding now talking to you about sure. it. Sure. At the time, I was like, this is a shitty movie. <laughs> that was the understanding I had. All right. Uh, well, we're, we're having so much fun that this is going to end up being one of the longest podcasts ever. So I'm no! just going to encourage us to... Uh, <laughs> move on to... No, Dan, uh, let's keep going. I think we can get this podcast going all night. Let's talk no. about fuck you endings. What a fucking bullshit well, ending. actually, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Okay, what... It, let's talk about that, Dan. What are your <laughs> thoughts? Really, if it had ended with the the original ending where it's just something that she wrote, I can't imagine anything more frustrating than that. Yes. Being like, okay, um, this fictional character also wrote a work of fiction, but you had no way of knowing that this was a second layer of fiction at any point, so anything could happen, and nothing that happened made any difference. But to... it, it was more of a fuck you ending than if it turned out it was all a dream. Is or it, all in John Cusack's head. Or, all, or, yeah, or we were saying, while well, we were watching it, like the film Identity, in which it turns out everything is happening inside John Cusack's head because he's crazy. Although, actually, John Cusack is one of the personalities. He's not the right. actor plays the crazy guy. Oh, but it's that dude with that fucking wonky eye, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, he's all bald. Pruitt Taylor Vince. <laughs> Thank you, IMDb. 
Uh, but he, that, that uh, like, all these characters are just personalities fighting it out in his head. That's kind of a fuck you twist, and it's really stupid, but it's much smarter than this would be if it was like, oh, remember the person we invented? Well, they wrote the story you watched, and it never happened. And that's why there's so many holes. Got names. (laughs) She got names, if it matters. Actually, it would be great if it paused on her face and then said, Aubrey, to, Aubrey Fleming received an A plus for the paper. She went on to Yale University or something like so that. Just like the ending of fucking Unbreakable. Or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's now the famous thriller <laughs> yeah. author, author Aubrey Fleming. Well, it's like one of those. You may like, remember her from such books as I Know Who Killed Me. The person who killed me is you. And who I still killed me. I still know who killed me. <laughs> she later went on to write cool, sexy novels under the name Dakota Moss. John, John, John. But it's almost like. The ending would have been like her mother walking up to her and being like, Oh, Aubrey, you finished your book? Mom, call me by my pen name. Mary Higgins Clark. <laughs> like, one of those things where it's, the twist is that she was a famous person as a child. You know, that would have been a more fulfilling ending. But instead, uh, no. Pretty great, <laughs> Lives of the pulp novelists. Yeah. And then, and then what, her mom's like, who's going to play the actress in your movie? And she's like, Ashley Judd, and Morgan Freeman's going to play dad, it's going to be great. And the next scene is her on the set of Kiss the Girl. Like, although that's actually a James Patterson book, I think. Uh, that's where it falls apart. <laughs> that's where our story falls apart. Oh, it is The audiences don't actually give a shit. James Patterson, who actually looks a lot like Art Bell, mm. it comes down to it. It comes full circle. Speaking of which... Time to <laughs> close up the circle that is uh, this segment of the show oh. with uh, our final judgments on uh, I Know Who Killed Me. And as always, the categories are, is this a movie that you would not recommend to anyone? A movie that you thought was enjoyable because it was bad? A <coughs> funny movie? Or is this a movie that um, you actually kind of liked? So, uh, Elliot, why don't you go first? I would say that this is a bad movie that I would not recommend. Yeah? Uh, it's kind of a mess, and it's almost like, even to make fun of a movie, you kind of have to have some understanding of what's going on, and it takes so long to figure out what's happening in this movie. There's so many characters who appear and then disappear. The FBI agents who are looking into the crime, the gardener, <laughs> you know, like, the actual killer who disappears into the last scene of the movie, you know. It's, it, like, it's t- coming from someone who saw Southland Tales last week, this is a mess of a movie that doesn't come together. Uh, so I would say don't recommend Although I had fun watching it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that uh, this movie totally sucked and nobody should ever have to see it. There's uh, not nearly enough nudity to make this movie worthwhile. Although, the fact that a killer runs around with fucking blue glass weaponry actually makes it kind of interesting. I'm actually surprised, because I, uh, I think that this movie is... A good bad movie, like it is so. Wait, weird. is this a one, two, or three? Which one is this? This is a uh, number two. Okay. Because I yeah, it's a number two, all right. Woo! <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were saying the Mr. Most, McCoy. The most childish joke <laughs> in, in a long stream I, of childish jokes in the flop house. If I had ended it with a fart noise, then it would be the most childish joke. No, because it's like it really like it, it is so strange. It's like. A, a junior version of, like, Blue Velvet or something. It is like someone saw a bunch of David Lynch movies and was like, I'm going to make one with Lindsay Lohan. And it's going to be kind of like a Lindsay Lohan movie. <laughs> but it's also going to have this, like, the weird-ass, dis, you know, disjointed quality of a Lynch <coughs> film. I mean, not good like a Lynch film, but 
if seeing a sort of junior varsity David Lynch movie with Lindsay Lohan sounds uh, amusing to you, I would say go watch this movie. Or it almost feels like a bad Dario Argento movie at times. Yeah. Like very bold colors and the, the plot makes no sense. Yeah. So like a normal Dario Argento <laughs> yeah, so like all of the Dario If it was a Dario Argento movie, I would not be recommending it to anyone. I find his uh, popularity inexplicable. But this was, a... this was one of those confusing, poorly explained movies that if it was in French or Italian, right. I feel like people would be like, oh, this is an intriguing enigma of a film, when really it's just bad screenwriting Look all at all that through. blue. Yeah, exactly. This blue is a stout. Ooh, it's so The blue. colors are rich. <laughs> rich colors. Character. That's all we like in movies. Oh, the colors. Uh, uh, it's like you know, Characters appear and leave as if in some sort of phantasmagoric dream. A stream of consciousness thriller. You know, that kind of thing. But it's just bad. If it was in another language, that might have been Hidden Might have saved it, yeah. yeah. Alright, so two total non-recommendations and one <coughs> qualified bad movie recommendation. <laughs> so let's move on to actual recommendations to prove that we're not bastards who can find no joy in life at all. Are there any movies that we want to recommend to people? Are you going to raise your hands, maybe? I mean, should we all recommend one? Or, I don't know if anyone That's has... probably best. Okay, yeah. I went first last time, so I probably shouldn't go sure. first. Okay, I'll, I'll actually take... I'm going to take the bull by the horns, because I actually think I have um, a recommendation. Actually, it's only a kind of recommendation, but it was pretty good. I, I saw Murder Party recently, uh, which I think is filmed in New York or Brooklyn or something. Not uh, a lot of movies are filmed in New York or Brooklyn, so that's kind of a rare thing. Don't be an asshole, dude. <laughs> it's possibly no, uh, one of the least set movie set <laughs> cities in the world, so... Anyway, was I, I was talking. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, do you want to finish my segment? No, uh, uh, the uh, basically, it's about a guy who uh, happens to you know he manages to find this uh, Halloween party invitation, and he's this totally lonely guy. So, and he has nothing to do on Halloween, so he ends up going to this party, and it turns out to be a party thrown by a bunch of art students who invited random people to this party so that they can murder them and turn them into like an art piece. So it's kind of like a weird, like, I don't know, slasher movie meets The Breakfast Club or something. Uh, and if anything, it's worth watching because of this awesome cardboard knight costume this guy makes that's really hilarious and cool. <laughs> so Murder Party, it's it's at least worth watching. It's pretty gory. Um, I'll, I'll recommend, I saw The Bedroom Window, uh, which is one of Curtis Hansen's earliest directorial, uh, one, of the, one of his earliest films as a director. He also... Uh, wrote it. I think it's an adaptation of a book. I'm not sure about that, but um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say it might be the best Steve Gutenberg film. <laughs> I know there's a lot of competition for that. You know I'm gonna argue, what I'm gonna argue? <laughs> What's that? Don't tell her it's me. Uh, yeah. AKA but... Boyfriend School. <laughs> yeah, that movie rocks. Oh, I was gonna say Zeus and Roxanne. Proves <laughs> <laughs> a dog could love I'm a seal. Sorry, but Zeus and Roxanne doesn't have. <laughs> Uh, Steve Gutenberg pretending to be a New Zealand uh, Lothario. <laughs> Lobo Moringa. <laughs> <sighs> With Shelley Long, too. And that Mansion is a, Amick and Kyle McLaughlin. That and is Jamie Gertz. That is a pretty good movie. <laughs> that is a. If, if, fuck it. If someone wants to see a bad movie that they'll have a, f- a fun time watching, go out and watch Don't Tell Her It's Me. But, um. <laughs> but if you want to see a movie that's actually kind of good, that. That stars Steve Gutenberg, like maybe like 1981 when they thought that Steve Gutenberg and uh, Isabel Huppert would be a b- believable <laughs> pair. It's a movie about you know a guy like a guy's having an affair with his boss's wife, and um, you know like they they just had sex and Steve Gutenberg's out of the room and the woman 
hears another woman being insulted, assaulted downstairs. Uh, Elizabeth McGovern is getting uh, attacked, and the killer gets frightened away, but he's witnessed by uh, Isabel Huppert. But because they're having an affair, she doesn't want to come forward and point the finger at the actual killer. So Steve Gutenberg's character says, no, it's all right. I will pretend to be the eyewitness. I will take your information and I'll take it to the police. And predictably, everything goes wrong in a very Hitchcockian thriller fashion. And, uh, you know, for a movie, again, starring Steve Gutenberg, a nice forgotten thriller of the early 80s. Okay, uh, I don't know uh, when I'll be back, so I, <laughs> if I can make two quick recommendations. Sure. These are both for all, uh, older movies. One is... The Japanese horror film Goke Blob from Hell, which I don't know if anyone's seen, but it's about a, ca- a plane crashes, and it turns out that there's a, a an alien blob that is taking over people's bodies and turning them into vampire-type things, and it has possibly the bleakest ending in the in, uh, that I may have ever seen in a movie, and it's just, and there are some great scenes where people's heads crack open and the blob crawls out, but uh, it's pretty good. And the other one is a classier movie from the 30s, <laughs> is I'm a Fugitive from a Chain Gang with Paul Muni, which I watched recently for the first time, and which is a really gritty, like, kind of tense, frightening movie at times. And there's a scene where he, when he escapes from the Chain Gang and becomes the titular fugitive, (laughs) it's a genuinely, like, super tense scene where he's running away from these guards, and you're like, hurry up, they're gonna catch you! Like, what are you doing? That That kind of a scene, so. Yeah. It does, the plot does hinge on him making possibly the dumbest choice that a character could ever make, though. Uh, which is to, tr- uh, I'll give it away, I don't care, to trust the, I, guess, I think, Georgia, Georgia penal system that they'll keep their word and let him out after 90 days if he returns to the chain gang, which, of course, once he does, they refuse to do. So, right. That's know. a pretty great movie. It's pretty good. So, everyone, everyone being the two of you and me, sure, <laughs> we had a good time tonight. We had some laughs. <sighs> but everything <laughs> needs to come to an end. We don't really know what movie we're going to do next, I guess. Or when it's going to come out, because I think that this is going to come out, and then there's going to be the holidays. Oh, yeah. So, so special holiday edition. Well, probably there's like, maybe a little Christmas. delay. Maybe the new year before there's a new episode. I mean, there probably will be the new year before there's a new episode, yeah, but there may probably. only be one in January. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. However, I want to remind everyone, as always, that the website is theflophousepodcast.blogspot.com. <laughs> And the email address is theflophousepodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to check out show notes or write us a review, which helps us get new uh, listeners, or just write us, uh, that's how you do it. Pretty nerdy. Sounds like good shit. So, I guess we podcast, you got to go do Flophouse Podcast, because if not, I think it's a porno site, right? Yeah. If you just do theflophouse.blogspot.com, it's like this weird half-blog half like I'm going to direct you to porno site. It sounds like such a disappointing name for a porno site. The most flaccidest porn on the web. The flop house. (laughs) The drunkest girls you can imagine lying on dirty cots. (laughs) These guys just can't get it up. The flop house. (laughs) Well, that was our original slogan. So, as always, we're sort of petering out with a whimper. So, I suppose I should sign off, huh? Yeah, why not? I want to see that UA Bowl movie there really bad. Alright, well we may see that uh, UA we could Bowl do, movie. We could do a special in theaters edition. Flop House in the Isles? I think it's showing up in theaters. Oh! 
Alright. <laughs> oh, check out this one with the big ideas. Hey, I don't know. Man. I guess I'll put the extra money into actually seeing a bad movie in the theater. Dude, I'll even buy the tickets. Because oh, that's all I want to see that Daddy shit. Daddy Warbucks. Alright, well, in that case, maybe we'll talk about that next time. And uh, I'll sign off. Uh, my name's Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. Uh, Elliot Kalen. Good night. Uh, bye. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're gone, right? Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hated those guys. And every time I look at this pot holder, I think it's a piece of monster. That's just your... Uh... It's just my Jewish instincts coming out. That's weird. Every time I look at a piece of monster, I think it's a piece of monster. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> Whatever that is. I was going with my friend Frank last night and he got like a free menorah from uh, Yeah, like, I, don't, a, I dodged one of those. I, I, I was like, man, the Jews are on point. <laughs> yeah. It's this holiday season. I don't, I don't get like free advent calendars being handed out. <laughs>